This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go. It's hour two and a Thursday. Greg Cosell, five minutes out. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, whatever device it is. Thanks for making us part of your day. So, J-Mac, before we get to Greg Cosell, um, Russell Wilson understands his days are winding down in Denver. Uh, He apparently went to some uh, platforms. And said, God's got me looking forward to what's next. So I, I would say this. Is it fair to say there's no perfect quarterback? So Mahomes is having a down year. Josh Allen wildly productive but turnovers. Burrow's hurt again. Lamar's been hurt a lot. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has regressed. Ooh. So has Jalen Hurts. Dak can't win big games on the road against good teams. Justin Herbert, another coach. <laughs> okay, so those are the good guys. Those are the great guys. They all got issues. Russell Wilson's not in that class. Is he in the next seven to eight? I think he is. Maybe the bottom, but he is. And so if Baker Mayfield signs with Tampa, I think they will. If Kirk signs with Minnesota, Russell will be the number one free agent quarterback out there. Uh, Yeah, technically Justin Fields is not a free agent, but someone could trade for him. Would you rather trade for Justin Fields, give up a second? Or a guy that's been to two Super Bowls? Well, he's coming off... You know, two pretty rough years. This will be his third different offense in the last three years. Well, he's ninth in passer rating, or he was recently. So here's the thing. Is that here's what you really have to think about. Coaches do not, on average, move off quarterbacks that are winning. But Russell Wilson was winning in NC State, and Tom O'Brien moved off him. Not for a legend. For Mike Glennon. And Russell Wilson was winning in Seattle, and Pete Carroll moved off him, not for a legend, Geno Smith. And Russell Wilson's top 10 passer rating, and Sean Payton's moving off him, not for a legend, Jarrett Stidham. So I do think at some point you have to look yourself in the mirror. It's reflection time. Three different coaches have moved off Russ, and not for Brady and Matt Stafford, for guys. And Mark Schlereth yesterday former Bronco, on why Russ wasn't working in Denver. When you look at Russell Wilson, there are very few things right now that he's doing exceptionally well. And the other problem that you get into is oftentimes Russell uh, perceives pressure 
and and he's constantly escaping out of the back of the the uh, the pocket. I have never one time walked into a huddle where the quarterback said broken play on broke broken play on two broken play on two. Let's go, you know, break. It's not how it works. That's not a sustainable form of offense, and and I think that's where a lot of the frustration. Um, has come to a head for Sean Payton. 44 years at NFL Films. Every Thursday, our meat sandwich, Greg Cosell. Uh, you pointed this out several weeks ago. You were in front of this, Greg. <laughs> you talked about this. So let's go back to this. What was the biggest issue you saw on film with what Payton was trying to do and what Russell was enabled to deliver? If you want to reduce it, Colin, to the simplest of terms, it's not delivering the ball with consistency to open receivers within the structure and context of the offense. And if you can't do that as a quarterback, even though the numbers look pretty good, that that is very, very frustrating for a coach. And particularly for a coach like Sean Payton, who is an offensive coach and had a player like Drew Brees in which the, the system worked to its highest level on a relatively consistent basis. And the, you expect when you work 16, 17 hours a day putting your offense together and your game plan and your pass game, you expect it to be executed. And Russell Wilson is not necessarily that kind of player. The larger question is, and I just heard what Mark Schlereth said, and I agree with that a thousand percent. The larger question is whether Russell can be a sustaining quarterback in any kind of offense. You know, just putting numbers are numbers. Um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can do that. That doesn't automatically mean in today's NFL where teams throw the ball a lot that, that that you're a good quarterback snap after snap after snap. So that's the larger question as far as his future. But you and I both know he won't be the quarterback in Denver next year. So let's talk Niners-Ravens. Let's look at the tape yep. of Brock Purdy. The narrative is he's no good. Uh, listen, this happens to everybody, and Baltimore can make people look bad <laughs> for a lot of years. You know, Kyle Hamilton and the pass rush. So what did the tape say on Brock Purdy? I would say the tape showed on Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense that they moved the ball up and down the field with zero problem in the first half of the game. Um, the first interception that Purdy threw was very bad. That was a bad one. Kyle Shanahan admitted that. I mean, he he – he just did made a really bad read. The others were kind of unfortunate kinds of plays. Um, you know, we wouldn't be talking about any tip ball if they by chance hit the ground rather than yeah. landed in someone's arms. Yeah. Um, but they had 230 yards of offense in the first half. The Ravens couldn't stop them. They were moving up and down the field. Purdy looked like Purdy. Um, they ran the ball extremely well. Um, and it, it may be a normal game, Colin. They might have had 500 yards of offense and we'd yeah. be having a different conversation. Um so, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with the Niners offense or with Brock Purdy. When the game got out of hand um, and, and it was a whole different game in the third quarter, then Purdy was uncomfortable and showed some clear discomfort. But the Niners also made some changes on their offensive line. They took out Trent Williams. They were playing different guys in different positions. But for the first half, for the most part, the Niners offense looked like the Niners offense. So I said this yesterday about Lamar. I, I, I think production and numbers matter, but it's his influence. Watching the Niners right, pass, I, yeah. that's what it's about with me. When I watch Lamar, I'm like, his influence. He puts fear in you. People don't rush. They sit back. They wait. He influences the game. Is that what the tape shows? I would say that's fair for sure. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, you hear this a lot with quarterbacks, Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, that what do defenses want to do? They want to keep them in the pocket. And the reason for that is not that they can't throw, Colin. The reason for that is you want to be able to stay within the structure and discipline of your defense. The structure and discipline of your defense works for 2.5 seconds, okay? After that, then the structure goes away. And what makes a Lamar special, and we saw this, this play is the perfect example of it. This was the the first their first play of the third quarter. And then you had the Aguilar touchdown. Um, you know, I think that what makes it so difficult is that he he's so good at beating you after the structure of your defense falls apart. That's what he does so exceptionally well. Here's the touchdown to Aguilar. So you know, I think that's why teams want to try to keep quarterbacks in the pocket, Lamar being the prime example. Um, so 
you know, they've had a lot of big wins this year where the numbers don't matter. They beat Seattle big. They beat Detroit big. You know, he's not necessarily a numbers quarterback. So I agree with you that it, it's more what he does to a defense as opposed to throwing for 350 yards. So the Cowboys only allowed Miami one touchdown, right? So by and large, yeah. they did their job. What was your takeaway on the Dallas defense? They lose. The sky is falling. They're not as good on the road. That's clear. But what did their defense do against Miami? Anything you see you like? Well, it's interesting you ask that because you, we just spoke about Lamar and we talked about the influence and impact he has on a defense. Think about the influence that the Dolphins have on a defense because the Cowboys, Colin, have been the highest percentage man coverage defense in the NFL going into that game. They hardly played any man coverage. And when they did play man, it was mostly two man with two deep safeties. And that is because of the Hill and Waddle factor, because you can't really play a lot of single high man coverage against them because they can run by Gilmore and Bland. I mean, Gilmore has been a great corner in this league, but he can't run like he used to. And Bland's not fast to begin with. So they had to change what they did defensively. And you could argue that it was effective because they only gave up one touchdown. Although Hill on the first series dropped what probably would have been a 92-yard touchdown. But having said that, those things happen in games. But the larger point is they changed the way they'd been playing all year because they had to be specific to the Dolphins' offense. Yeah. They play um, – they host Detroit. Um, what will they see from the Lions' defense? I, I have a feeling – and now I was wrong last week – Detroit, a little like Dallas, can be a little Jekyll and Hyde. They're very good when they're comfortable. Yeah. Um, but they do run the ball, and Dallas can be ran on. Uh, what do you suspect Dallas will do against the Detroit defense? Well, the Detroit defense is is very aggressive. Um, you're seeing in the last number of weeks their D coordinator, Aaron Glenn, kind of increasing his blitz frequency. He's got some really interesting blitz concepts that can be difficult to pick up. Puts a major burden on your running back to be involved in pass protection. They challenge the running back to read through what his responsibility is in protection. Um, their issue is at corner, Colin. And sometimes it's hard to cover up average or below average corner play and actually opposite Cam Sutton, who's their one starting corner who plays every snap, they've been rotating two corners. And that's really not a recipe for success in the NFL to rotate at your outside corner position. So we'll see how that goes and how the Cowboys feel they can best attack this defense. But they do present a good amount of pressure concepts. They stun a lot. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, too, on Tyron Smith because that's a problem for the Cowboys if he can't play. You know, it's interesting. Um, most people would subscribe to the theory, let's talk Packers, that Aaron's better than Jordan Love. But I have watched Jordan Love in the last several weeks. And my argument is with this re receiver group and tight end group that's kids, I actually like Green Bay's offense right, last three weeks much more than I like Green Bay's offense last year. Now, their defense is a mess. But offensively, right. with, with the defense, it's as bad as anything now. I mean, Bryce Young was Dan Marino. He's up and down the field. But I'm saying, Jordan Love, last three weeks, this is better than Green Bay's. I don't know what the numbers are, but what does the tape say? I like what I've seen generationally. Young quarterback, young tight end, young receivers. I like what I see. Uh, Mr. Coward, as you recall, maybe week two or week three, I told you that Jordan Love was going to be a good player because you saw the traits and you saw him do a number of really good things. I, you expect the inconsistency early, and he's the kind of quarterback that may have a bad game or may make a bad throw because he's a very aggressive thrower. Yeah. But he, he attacks between the numbers. He makes tough, tight window throws. Um, he's got a few things to work out with his mechanics, but – he makes really good throws. He moves well. Yeah. He can make throws on the run. He's very controlled when he moves. There's no sense of freneticism to him. And, you know, as I think we've said over the last number of weeks, maybe the last month or so, he's probably just a notch below traits-wise those really high-level guys. I mean, he's, he's a big, talented kid. And, look, he's playing with, what, four rookie receivers yeah. and two second-year receivers. And, you know, and by the way, He's also playing with two offensive tackles. Uh, one was a late-round pick, 
and one was a fourth round pick and they were not their starters going into the season. So, you know, that keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I, I was selling my Jordan Love stock week three. You you kept warning me, slow I down. I kept telling you. Slow down. So, yeah, I kept telling you. <laughs> okay. The weirdest team in the league, but I, I, I have a certain affection for them, is Cleveland because Flacco's so like ah. it. It's so funny. When they had Baker and Deshaun, there's all this pressure. And now they bring in Flacco, and he laughs through the press conference. He's having a good time. And it's like he's reduced the pressure on the franchise, and they're all just going out and having fun. What's the film say? Well, the film tells you that Flacco expands their pass game dramatically. Because keep in mind that we always think about vertical throws with quarterbacks as a sign of arm strength, but horizontal throws can be as well. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of teams, as you know, line up in what we call three-by-one sets, okay? Three receivers to one side. Well, most teams never throw the ball to the widest receiver on the on the three side, the, the trip side, because that's the wide side of the field. And there's not many quarterbacks that can make those throws in the league. Flacco can. So therefore, they throw the ball to that plus split receiver to the trip side. Those are long throws. So Flacco, not only can he throw it vertically, as we're seeing here, but he can throw it horizontally. He, he makes the defense have to defend more territory. And the one thing about Flacco, he's been around. He knows when it's one-on-one, Colin, in this league, you throw the ball. That's the way it works in the NFL. It's a matchup game. And when it's one-on-one, he is not shy about turning it loose. Yeah, fun to watch. Okay, the the, the one team, okay, I got the Jordan Love thing <laughs> wrong, but I did say in the offseason, <laughs> if you give me McVay, Havenstein, Cooper Cup, yep. um, Kyron Williams was good. I didn't know he was this good. Uh, Higby, the tight end, Sean McVay. I'm like, it's an offensive league. They're going to win some games. They're going to be viable. Well, I didn't think the defense with all these kids – would be that good. Aaron Donald still double teamed. Uh, I didn't know Puka Nakua was going to become, you know, the greatest rookie receiver ever. No, nobody knew that. Right. Nobody knew that. But I watched them. I got to tell you something. If I was Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, would not want to play them in the playoffs. I'd have. I mean, I think offensively, they are scary. They are multiple. What do you see on film with the Rams? Hey, Colin, tell me they're not fun to watch on offense. Oh, I mean, they are clever. fun to watch. I mean. Reduce splits, shifts, motions, stacks, bunches. They attack zone coverage about as well as you can attack it. They get people in voids. They, their orchestration of route concepts and combinations is just choreography. And Stafford is, you know, say what you want about Matthew Stafford. I mean, he can throw a football. It's easy. He can throw it from any angle. And, and he's obviously got juice in his arm still at his age. He must be 35, give or take, I would imagine. But he doesn't look any worse for wear right now. And he's another guy that has no problem turning it loose and making the tough, tight window throws that the NFL demands. Yeah. So they, they are a really difficult offense to defend, both from a tactical perspective and a talent perspective. Uh, and finally, I said yesterday, I know this was a shock to my audience, that I don't think Baker's mm -hmm. quite getting the, the respect he deserves this year. So he's going to get a second team and a kind of dysfunctional franchise to the playoffs, my guess. And I think Baker, if, if you told me today that Tampa made the playoffs and said, you know what, we're not going to give up a ton of draft capital to get a quarterback. We're going to go with Baker for three years. And my take was, I'd be comfortable with that. I would be. I mean, good God. Even the guys at the top of the league have issues. Burrow's hurt. Jalen's sure. regressed. Trevor Lawrence is reeling. I got no problem giving Baker a three- or four-year deal. I'm not going to give him a number four. He's not going to make $44 million, But I'm, I'm watching these games. You're seeing the tape. That's a franchise quarterback yep. to me, isn't it? Well, you know, we're so used to seeing quarterbacks now because this is what the college game gives us, quarterbacks that can run around and make plays. And I think we lose sight of how difficult it is to snap after snap, drop back, read it out correctly, hit your back foot, be decisive, and throw the ball to the right receiver at the right time with the right kind of throw. We've kind of lost that that's what quarterback play is. And by the way, that's hard to do. And Baker has certainly been doing that over, what, the last five, six weeks? Yeah. And he's looked very comfortable, 
very easy. He's incredibly decisive. Um, and I think this probably leads into our play, which is a great example of that. It came at the end of the first half this past week, and it was a really important play. Obviously, they went up big on the Jaguars. But let's take a look at this touchdown pass to Mike Evans, Colin, because this was this was a great example of what we're talking about. And, you know, again, it doesn't look like it's that hard when you see it. It looks like he dropped back, hit his back foot, and threw the ball. But here he is in the gun, okay? They're going to be in a two-by-two two set. So they have two receivers, two split receivers on each side of the formation. Now, the coverage he's going to get here is cover three. You see a single high safety. Right. Now, what he wants to do here is he wants to hit Mike Evans, who's at the top of the screen. He wants to hit him on what we call a skinny post or a bang eight. Now, in order to make this throw, you have to make sure that you control that post safety. He can't fly over and interfere with this throw. But no route does that. So that means Baker has to do that with timing. And you can see right here, you want to maintain the distance between Evans and, and the post safety, but also the timing. He's starting his delivery now, and, and that's critical. Look, Evans hasn't even come out of his break yet, and Baker's starting his delivery. That's hard. It doesn't look hard. You know, it looks more fun when you see quarterbacks run around. But when you see this... And I've been watching quarterbacks, as you know, Colin, for a long time and been taught by some really smart people. This is hard to do. And he's been doing this with consistency over the last number of weeks. Greg Cosell, 44 years, NFL Films. As always, Greg, appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's interesting. If you go back to what he said at the very beginning, it, it echoes what we did, is that Sean Payton spends 16 hours a game day diagramming plays and if quarterbacks can't deliver on those and they're open and you know it when you watch film flying home you get that 22 film the coach's film and you know I designed it I'm not seeing my beautiful family I'm in an office designing it they're open and you can't deliver that's why they're moving off Russ in week 17. No, it's weird I just listened to him with the Baker Mayfield thing and the first thing I thought was wait <laughs> This late in the season, we're breaking down how awesome Baker Mayfield has been. Is this a time to sell the Bucks at the top of the market? Remember a few weeks ago, it was Jordan Love. Everybody loved Jordan Love. What have the Packers done since then, Colin? They're not covering a lot of spreads. Well, Not winning a lot of games. No. Now, I will say this, though. I would argue Green Bay's defense today oh, is the league's worst. It's bad. Bad. So, it's, it's not a Jordan Love issue. I mean, he's still, Greg likes him more. I still think he's erratic. But I will say this, go back one year, Jordan Love and this offense is better than Aaron in this offense. And I think a lot of it is Aaron's personality is prickly. He viewed himself as above young receivers. If they made a mistake, they were paralyzed. And that's Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. That's Aaron's personality. He doesn't work well. You know, Aaron's sort of, you make me look bad, I'm out on you. You, you can't be like that. Yeah. So was Jordan Love, he's growing with all these players. Aaron Rodgers was grown and didn't have time for the younger players' ascension. He wasn't interested. So Green Bay, I think the, the one thing I see is that when Jordan Love makes a mistake, go watch the body language. They're like, I'm good, my bad. Okay. Everybody's in this thing together in Green Bay, and it felt like last year Aaron was up here, the young receivers were down there, and if Christian Watson dropped a pass – He'd go to the right. sidelines. The game was in his head. Aaron looks at you, goes to his uniform, right. unhappy, and it affected negatively the offense. It grew a little in the second half, but it wasn't this fun. I, I just wonder, who's a leader on that team right now? I've never seen a guy like Jair Alexander go out for a coin toss when you're not a captain, try to make the call like Colin. I wonder if there's some leadership questions in Green Bay. I know there's Packer fans hate to hear this. They love LaFleur. You like him a lot. I just... They don't seem buttoned up this year. Well, a lot are, of bad losses. Well, the defense stinks. Also, they're the youngest team in the league. Fair. So okay. we have to be – they're immature. Jair Alexander, that's an immature move. He's a veteran, man. He's been around the block. The guy's well, paid a lot of money. I, it, I just think I'm going to give them a pass on okay, some foolishness. Fair. It is the youngest roster in the league. Okay. And, and, you know, the wisdom of crowds, the book, when you put young people around other young people, stuff gets out of hand, uh, stuff you laugh at's not necessarily funny fair. on the team plane and the coin toss. 
They just, they're a bunch of kids. And I don't think they're a, they're not a team that could win a playoff but, game. But let's this remember team- this Packers conversation. I'll, I'll end with this. Um, the best time to rebuild was last year. I'll just say that. I, I would consider pressing the reboot button in Green Bay if I were if I were the Packers. I well, know they're what not. What do you mean? What do you mean fine. reboot button? Reboot what? The coach? Make a lot of changes. No, no. I don't know about coach, but I'm over Jordan Love. You can hit the, hit the market, buddy. Let's see what you got. I don't. I'm not in. You're not in. No. Wow. I know Cosell likes him, and there's been flashes. He was in the was with the organization for three years, man. <laughs> Sitting on the bench for three years. That's the best you got. No thanks. Wow. Sorry. I I I'm, I'm, I think I made a big mistake. I li- I think he's erratic. He misses guys. He's a, But I think size, movement, um, arm, I, th- I think I – it's just he's erratic. There's a little – he's not Josh Allen. But there's a little bit like about twice a game you're like, dude, guy's wide open. You sail the ball over him. It wasn't close. Yeah. He misses open guys. We pound the table for guys. You're pounding the table for Jordan Love. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pounding the table. It's just I'm willing to say – Young teams make more mistakes. They're a flawed team, but I see stuff. I like their receivers. I like their tight ends a lot. They're all kids. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's me. When you download the app, takes about a minute. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Cowboys at home, minus six against Detroit. I like Detroit, but they're hot and cold. Never as good on the road. Cowboys have to get good and get right. I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Steelers plus three and a half at Seattle. Let's be honest about the Seahawks. They've been outplayed and won the last two weeks. I'll take the hook at three and a half Pittsburgh. Broncos minus five hosting the Chargers. Listen, it's the season. Russell Wilson may get moved out of town if he plays poorly again. I get a coaching and a quarterback edge at home. Broncos minus five. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, the code is heard when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jay Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. The gift that keeps on giving Russell Wilson. 
and Denver. Uh, the can we call it an acrimonious split? I mean, he didn't bench for the final two games of the season. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's been brewing for a while. Now, one report says the Broncos threatened to bench him earlier this season if he didn't rework his contract to address the injury guarantee. Now, Colin, I've obviously never dealt with anything like this yeah. from the Broncos' point of view. A, is that out of bounds? B, do you think other free agents will see this and be like, bro, I'm not going there. Look what they tried to do to Russ. No. No. So okay. let's just talk about the second one. That is a bunch of nonsense. I hear that in the NBA. Ooh, you did Dame Lillard wrong. Nobody will ever go to Portland. Wrong. Players take care of themselves. Somebody okay. offers you $150 million, You don't give a rip how Russ what? was treated. <laughs> okay. Nobody cares. Yeah, that's, right. that's a bunch of nonsense. You give me the money, you guarantee it, I'm off to the franchise. Well, what if it's close? It's 50-50 one way or the well, other. Well, like- maybe, but again, I, I think that is so overplayed by the media. Because most of the media is never made, going to be offered $150 million. You get it, you take it. Okay. Dame Lillard went to Milwaukee. He didn't get to go where he wants to go. Nobody cares in the league. Guys want theirs. I mean, LeBron James, who I think is a good guy, bailed on his best friend D-Wade and didn't give him a heads up in Miami. Guys take care of themselves. Always. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Guys tend to be professionally a little selfish. You give me the bag, I'll sign anywhere. That's how guys think. At least ascending guys in pro sports. By the way, like like a, a great example. Jim Irsay is a little crazy uh, with the Colts as an owner. If Chris Ballard left tomorrow and Irsay said, I'll give you $2.5 million for five years, uh, $12 million to be the Colts GM, people would line up for the job. I can deal with that GM. I can deal with that owner. I can deal with that city. You talk yourself into a lot when the bag is offered. Yeah. I. That's a tough one. Mo- listen, money is the great equalizer, you know, like – I just got to be careful what you wish for. I would, I don't know what Den- where Denver goes from here. The, you mentioned Alex Smith, like Andy Reid moved off Alex Smith. He had Mahomes. And you mentioned some other guy yeah. who moved off. They had plans. Those, those coaches had plans. I don't know what Sean Payton's plan is here. Because if you go to ownership and you're like, let's try out, you know, the backup quarterback, Stidham. Okay, that okay, maybe so works here, for a week. Maybe okay, so two weeks. Here's what I would do. I would move Patrick Sertan. And I've thought about this a lot, and I've talked to people in the league. There is no direct correlation between great corner and winning football games. It is an overvalued proposition. The Rams moved off Jalen Ramsey. Right? Like, like Jalen Ramsey's a good player. You're not winning Super Bowls because of your corners. It's your edge rushers. It's your quarterbacks, your left tackles, and your weapons, and your coach. Hypothetical trade for you? So if you give me a one for Patrick Sertan, okay. and now I have two ones... Then I can get a player I need and a quarterback. 49ers are picking 31st. We just watched their secondary get lit up by Lamar Jackson. The secondary's had some issues. Would San Francisco say, give us Sertan. We would love a lockdown corner. We're paying our quarterback nothing. Let's do that deal. Do well, you think well, Denver would do that for the 31st no, pick? I, I think, no, that's a good question. Sertan's more valuable than that. Wow. So I would say, okay, San Francisco, we'll give you our 30, you know, the 31st pick. We'll give you Sertan, you give us the pick. But you got to give us another player. You got to give us another player. And would it be, maybe it's just uh, Jennings, the wide receiver. You got to give me a player and a pick for oh. Patrick Sertan. It doesn't have to be a great you player. Have to pay Sertan. That's because the if problem. you move you off to... Judy, I could have Mims, Cortland, Sutton, and Jennings. You got to give me a player for offense. That's what I want. You got to give me a weapon. Doesn't have to be a super. Not give me Brandon Ayuk, although I'll ask for it. No. <laughs> but I'll you I'll give you Sertan. You give me a the last pick maybe in the first round and a starter. So That's would, realistic. So like a team like San Fran would rent a high end cornerback. All in for the Super Bowl. We're not paying our quarterback anything. And you know what? Sertan, we got to pay him. We're not going to do that. We'll maybe yeah. franchise tag him, whatever. Just so you can keep that window open. Because the window with Purdy right now is as good as it had around That's the right. league, right? Right. You're not paying him anything. So, Denver's got some big things. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up, Buffalo Bills, Colin. What a run they've been on. Currently, the sixth seed in the AFC with two to go. Can get as high as two. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen says they need to be more ready than ever for the Patriots. And uh, the Patriots are trying to play spoiler on Sunday. The fact that we lost game one, I think, tells these guys, like, we got we to gotta put our best stuff out in the field or we're not going to win this game. And, um, you know, frankly, it's a game that we need to win. And they know that. We know that. 
you know, if, if I'm in the New England Patriots locker room, I'm, I'm looking to, to ruin their season. You know, an opponent's um, playoff hopes are on the line, division rival, um, you know, so they're going to be ready to go. I can, I can guarantee you that. So that in turn makes us have to be ready to go as well. Yeah, I, I like Buffalo, although 13 and a half in that rivalry game. Bill wants to win these games if he's leaving New England. You know Belichick does not want the Patriots. Yeah, he's given a, the double middle finger. I almost flashed it on accident. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't want to lose this, but yeah, this almost feels light. 13 and a half? I'm staying away. I don't like these rivalry game big numbers. Philadelphia Giants. I'm just not. I, th- I They're tasty. I move up to the table, and then I pass. Buffalo coming home after the L.A. trip. Locked in. They see that Dolphins game in their sights. Yeah, they're probably a pass. It's, listen, you're seeing very clear-eyed. You must not have had any booze last night, huh? <laughs> Final story, Jim you Harbaugh. You are going out for a pop tonight. Yeah, okay. Right. Jim Harbaugh has been at the center of NFL rumors <laughs> for the last few weeks. A lot of people think Charger's job is his. But first, he's got to get Michigan ready for the Rose Bowl on Monday. And, uh, of course, they asked him about it. He's not answering the NFL questions. Such a one-track mind. That's our. Uh, that's the way we're going about things. It's um, literally whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Um, it's a single-minded group. And, uh, it's very focused on just taking care of business today and see if we can't do the same tomorrow. I, I just, I can't get enough of Harbaugh. I love the way he thinks. Well, Dominate the day. That's all from his dad, Jack. Dominate the day. Go to bed. Have a glass of milk. Go to bed. Wake up tomorrow. Dominate the day. Fair, Live in the moment. Okay, fair question. Michigan Brass comes up to him. Hey, Jim, we got the contract for you. We got everything you wanted. Whatever the number is, 10 million, 15 million, whatever the number is. Jim, here it is. Just sign it so we don't have to answer any of these questions. What does Harbaugh do? Because it sounds like that's what Michigan's presenting him. I think... Jim wants a taste of the NFL again. I think he looks at the Chargers about every third to fourth year, there's a very good job opening. Mike McCarthy got Dak in stable ownership. Matt LaFleur got Aaron, stable front office. The Chargers, Spanos has owned the franchise for a long time. They're spending more money now. They spend it on Bosa. They spend it on Mike Williams. They spend it on Lindsley the center. They're spending it on a facility. Justin Herbert, you walk in, they got a left tackle Slater, a quarterback, an elite weapon, and two pass rushers. That is a good job. You can say what you want about the history of the Chargers. Mm -hmm. That is a Green Bay-level job. You get one of those, mostly you take over Atlanta. You take over the Bears. You don't like the front office. The Chargers' job is why Jim's not signing that contract at Michigan. I think he knows if this doesn't come open— It'll be another four years before I get that. So uh, you follow college way closer than I do. I do. Somebody texted me asking me this. I don't know the answer. Did Michigan have Harbaugh's back throughout this process with the the, the Scallions guy and all all this? Did Michigan have his back? Yes. Okay. So that's probably like a check mark in their ledger of do I go or do I stay? Like they had my back. Now, eight game suspension next year on a clap was talking like it could be a big one if he stays, right? $125 million deal. He's worth every penny. Does he want to be suspended for six, seven, eight games by the dumb NCAA? He was suspended for six this year. They went 6-0. and oh. Yeah, but does he want to have to miss games again? That's not fun. So l- let me ask you. Put yourself in his shoes. I'm out. I don't care what the number is. I'm out. Because I'm going to get what I want from Washington or the Chargers. They're going to back up so the So you're about the bag. Well, no. I, what's left for him to accomplish? Dude, you said nine years at Michigan. I was like, oh, Colin made a mistake. And I go, check. He's been there for nine years. I did not realize it's been that long. I'm out. Yeah, you got to bounce around. That's how you, you know, keep life fresh. Yeah, but he's a Michigan man. Yeah, you, you know what a Michigan That's like Kirk Ferentz staying at Iowa for like 47 years. What's wrong like, with that? You got to move on. Try some new stuff. You I got mean, one life, man. Kirk Ferentz. Go see what's out there. It's a big world. Especially outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan. A lot <laughs> happening. That's a nice town. You I hear there? I hear great things it's about Ann It's a colder version of Austin, Texas. It's a great college town. Oh, There's only about seven college towns that I would live in. Ann Arbor's Ann one Arbor's of them. one of the seven. Austin's one of them. Ann you Arbor's got, one of them. On. LA's one of them. LA's a college town. <laughs> I would say, well, where else would I live? Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia no, Tech. No, no, I'm trying to think. Athens, Georgia is pretty good. Uh, Nashville, Vanderbilt. I'd live in Nashville. 
That's a good one. Wait a minute. You you just put Athens, Georgia in the same No, no, no. I think Nashville is better than no, no. Nashville's a nice. Nashville's way better than Ann Arbor. Come on. Ann Arbor's pretty good. My wife's from Michigan. I could live in Ann Arbor. How I many could, nights have you spent in Ann Arbor, Michigan? Well, Seattle, Washington, University of Washington. I could live there. How many nights have I spent in Ann Arbor? Two. Three. Three. I got zero right here. None. Well, maybe I'm not, I'm not to, bashing it. Maybe. Yeah, you are kind I'm, of. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I don't. I don't know, man. It's a big world. You're lot like of Buker on LeBron. I'm not bashing him, but. Buker, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's killing All right. LeBron. All right. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Uh, did you know Discover wants everybody to feel special? So that's why you, with your Discover card, you get t- access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability. Means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saturday, Fox Primetime Hoops tips off with a good one as the Big Ten collides with the Big 12. The Ohio State Buckeyes take on West Virginia. It all begins at 7 Eastern on Fox. By the way, uh, they're very interesting. We're going to play blind resume in a second here with Baker Mayfield. Very interesting. So here's what Greg Cosell said 30 minutes ago about what the film is saying on Baker Mayfield this season. You know, we're so used to seeing quarterbacks now because this is what the college game gives us, quarterbacks that can run around and make plays. And I think we lose sight of how difficult it is to snap after snap, drop back, read it out correctly, hit your back foot, be decisive, and throw the ball to the right receiver at the right time with the right kind of throw. We've kind of lost that that's what quarterback play is. And by the way, that's hard to do. And 
Baker has certainly been doing that over, what, the last five, six weeks, and he's looked very comfortable, very easy. He's incredibly decisive. Okay, so we're going to play blind resume, J-Mac. Are you ready to go? So this is what Baker Mayfield I, – I don't know what this is. I don't know what these are. So this is Baker Mayfield's numbers for our radio audience. Eight wins, seven losses, 64% completion percentage, 26 touchdown, eight picks, 96 passer rating. So in the blind resume, you don't know who's on the right. So the, the player on the right, the quarterback on the right, has a worse record – Slightly lower passer rating. Ready to go? Who is it? <laughs> Tom Brady, two years ago, as a what was it? It was his last. It was his last season, or just last season? Okay. So Brady is better than Brady in 2022. Let's go to the next one. Let's do the next blind resume. So this quarterback has basically the same record. Um. Slightly lower passer rating, but about the same level. So it's probably going to be somebody that's really good. Yeah. So let's guess Aaron who this Rogers. is for the radio audience. Oh, come on. Matt Stafford this season, who is slinging it, baby. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I, come I, on. There, some of the numbers guys are saying Matt Stafford should be in the MVP discussion. That's well, how well, well, good he's been. According to in our radio audience, according Baker's numbers this year, are slightly higher than Matt Stafford. Well, in uh, they're in line across the board. Okay. Which is and by the way, Stafford as McVay, Baker's got a defensive coach. Uh, listen, right. I love and hate this game simultaneously. Okay, let's do the next one. Yeah, this one, this one, I don't know. So this next quarterback has fewer big pass plays and way more giveaways. This has got to be Mahomes, right? I'm gonna guess Josh Allen. What is it? Baker against two. Josh oh, stop. Allen. <laughs> Come on, get the hell out of here. Get out. Well, That's I knew the t- minute they said Shoot, giveaways. So Baker's giving the ball away less and has more big pass plays and a higher passer rating than Josh Allen. Now, we didn't add a lot of the Josh Allen's mobility, running, and rush yards. They were eliminated, which is sort of about 30% of his game. We got, we got. Do we have another one? I think the staff is lobbying for like extra Christmas presents. This is okay. So tick this off this Baker blind resume. This guy's got a, a clearly higher completion percentage, much lower passer rating. Um, everything else, total touchdowns, interceptions, about the same. That's Who's Mahomes. This? There it is. It's Mahomes. You knew that was coming. Now Mahomes doesn't have Mike Evans. That that's kind of a factor. But Mahomes has Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. I said yesterday. I don't I, think the takeaway Baker is having as good of a season as Mahomes here. I think it's Mahomes is having a really, really down year. Well, I would just say, let's do one more. Baker blind resume. So this quarterback has a slightly higher passer rating and completion, and is throwing for about 25 yards more a game. Yeah, this quarterback's J- having a better year than Baker, but it's, it's inches, not feet. Jalen Hurts? Oh, gee. Lamar Jackson. Show me Lamar Again, Jackson. it should be noted, we're not adding for Josh Allen or Lamar. The run. Oh, this has rushing touchdowns, too. Okay, okay. This is staggering. I, I, I do right think people fear Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen more than Baker. That's my biased take. But I will say, this goes to what I said yesterday. This year for Baker is better than people are giving him credit for. No, this what do you is mean? A, nobody's discrediting. He's no, been no, no. phenomenal. Nobody's discrediting it, but nobody's really paying attention. He's got a defensive coach with a losing record. Okay, he, he's he's got weapons. Uh, Godwin and Evans are good. Uh, Rashad White's come out of nowhere. No, Rashad White. Been... See, see, when you get something like this, you got to give whoever's calling the plays and dialing it up a lot of credit. Now, I'm not going to say he's destroyed some awful defenses. Baker is making plays happen. I, it's is it. Inexplainable stuff. I mean, I, yeah. it's pretty good. Now, now, do you overpay him off this? Because I'm telling no, no, you, he's no, no. going to go I to you. I would be comfortable. Say, look, look I, I'm right there with Lamar and Brady. For and all three this. years, I would be. Now, Baker's made some money. So I would be comfortable saying, Baker, there's no state tax. We'll re sign Mike Evans. It's a good space. We're giving you something in the 30s. It, not, start, it starts with a three, not a two. That's, yeah, I'd give him low 30s, 32 million, 34. Right, listen, it's, it's, there's a market for him. I'll say this. You keep telling me there's a market for Justin Fields. You can't tell me there's not a market for Baker Mayfield. No, no. There, there's. By the way, you know who wanted him? Sean McVay. It's like, get him over here. I'll well, take him. 
Let me ask you this. Who throws a better ball, Baker or Dak? Stop. I'm not no, answering wh- wh- that. Why not? Why, why won't you answer what do you it? Mean a better ball. Come on. Stop. Listen, the real question is if, if Baker hits the market, how many teams are lobbying for him? As many as Justin Field. I would say 10. I don't know about that high. I think it's bigger than you think. Five. <laughs> Baker and I are forming a new relationship, and I'm comfortable with it. It's a bromance. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.